Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Draft. If you've got an Apple phone, go to the App Store, find the Draft app. If you've got Android, it's in Google Play. And of course, you can do it on the desktop as well at playdraft.com. Now, here's the important thing. Make sure you use promo code GRINDERS because you're going to get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $600 on a deposit. So sign up using the promo code GRINDERS and you can start crushing the competition over at Draft. And be sure to uh, even join a contest live with us right now on our draft show coming up next here on Grinders Live. Welcome uh, to the Draft App Show here, Roundtable. It's going to be a rowdy little show we got here. We got Chris Gimino, Bobby Fye, you got myself, Britt Devine, Mr. Eric Crane, Josh ADHD, a new contributor here for Best Ball. Uh, we got Mike Taglier from Fantasy Pros, Grant Niefer, and uh, I, I think that's everybody. Did I get everybody? What's uh, what's going on? Uh, Mike, uh, you're a special guest this week, so I wanted to uh, say thanks for coming on. No, thanks for joining. Thanks for inviting me to this cracked out Brady bunch you have going on here, Britt. You, if we could have recorded what was taking place before this show actually went on the air, it would have been much more entertaining than actually listening to a scrap. I think. Oh, we got Mike Beers too. Uh, so I totally forgot about you, Mike. Yeah, I'm around. Going. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much going on here, guys. This is absolutely crazy. So what we've done, you guys can't see this because we're just doing uh, audio only. Uh, but we've got like an eight-man best ball here on draft, and we're going to talk. NFL for you guys for about an hour on here. And uh, it looks like uh, Beerswater, uh, Mike, you've got the first pick here. So uh, uh, what do you think you're going to do here? I mean, I think this one's probably going to be very controversial. I'm going to go with, um, you know, the best player uh, in the league right here. Oh, Le'Veon now? Bell. Oh, God. Yes. Mike, you've got – Mike, you're pretty big on Bell over David Johnson this year, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I mean – you know, they're both great. You can't go wrong with either one, but um, I'm also a bit of a homer as a Steelers fan. And um, he didn't just injure himself in the last game of the year last year. So I'll go with him. Uh, trust the process. Chris Gimino, you're up second. Yeah, yeah also a very controversial pick here. I'm going to take 96th percentile spark athlete. Absolute <laughs> target and rush, uh, you know, tar- you know, carry hog, David Johnson. Christian uh, McCaffrey? Uh, yeah. Jarek McKinnon, I thought. <laughs> like, the first two picks of any draft are going to be Johnson and Bell, like, what, 99% of the time? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Pretty much. Has anybody yeah. played the – like, I've been playing a ton of these, and it seems like – I swear, if you get a first three pick, your roster looks so good compared to everything else in my opinion. I hate who I want to pick for my third pick. I'm not going to do it. Oh, do it. Come on. Right. No, I'm going to pick the guy I actually like versus the guy I just can't stand. We got Antonio. 
on that one. So so let's talk. So Bobby just took Antonio Brown. There's what's this rumbling? Anybody have this? Ezekiel Elliott? Maybe he'll get. There's like a what five or ten percent chance out there he gets like a little bit of suspension. Does that scare you off, Bobby? I think he does. I think he is going to get a little bit of suspension. Um, I'm. That was my former team. I, I I made a promise that I was allowed to be a, an LA fan once we got a team back in LA, but. I despise Ezekiel Elliott, and I think that he's got a lot of problems off the field, and they're going to show up on the field too. I think that he's going to be a bust this year. Yeah, it yeah. makes a lot. It makes a lot of sense too, because just with all the crap that's going on around there, I mean, I, I don't think I could take Zeke. Yeah. What do you think, Britt? Uh, well, I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott. I'll just take Darren McFadden uh, as like my last pick of the day here to kind of like uh, swap it all up here. But uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Zeke. I'm not too scared. Ah! I was really hoping my son. No, I love Zeke. I was really hoping he was going to get you off of him. No, no chance. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I could do it. Who hasn't I, been on here? Grant, you haven't gotten to talk yet. Grant, what's your take on uh, Antonio Brown, Ezekiel Elliott at that three spot? Um, I'm going Zeke. Absolutely, not even a question over him. I'm also every single time someone makes a pick, it goes to the bottom, and so I have to scroll all the way back up to the top of all the dark. Son of a biscuit. <laughs> I heard every you time about that, I had to do it. <laughs> um yeah so i i think that there's just a lot more scarcity when it comes to running backs realistically you can get four or five boom bust wide receivers and just have eight total wide receivers but if you have three to four consistent running backs i mean on a week-to-week basis you're going to end up scoring more and it's going to be a lot more valuable having Zeke than it is antonio brown yeah. i agree with you overall but in, with you're playing with more than five people in something like you honestly there's enough question marks at running back we don't even know who like the stud's going to be by week eight like it's it's that much of a question mark still like this happens every year and it's going to happen more so this year you're going to see guys come out who haven't before and it's just like i don't know i think that it's more very there's more variance there than people actually think there is either of the either of the mics or josh uh, i want to go back here to uh uh, where, who, what did I want to, I, you know, I totally lost track of what I want. I had an important question. <laughs> I wanted to ask. Oh my goodness. And I just completely lost track. It'll come to you, man. No worries. Oh my goodness. Don't worry. Oh. This is only live. It's, it's only live. live. <laughs> it's only live and only like 10,000 people downloaded onto a podcast tomorrow morning. Right. We got them <laughs> in the first hour. I yeah. Uh, oh, man, so let's see. Do. So, Josh, uh, you're kind of new to Roto-Grinders. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, if people didn't catch you or haven't read a couple of your articles yet, uh, you're up here. Explain who you're thinking and uh, tell everybody what you've been doing in fantasy for the past couple of years. Yeah, so I, I guess I'll start with some of my background. I've, I've basically just been really doing this as a hobby for like the last year and a half where I'm just doing the hardcore data thing. But I've been playing fantasy football like 20 years now. So, you know, wow. as soon as I got into college and had access to the Internet, I was all over it. Um, so yeah, this is like my second week with Roto-Grinders, pretty excited. Uh, it's really cool to be on board with a group of guys like this. And, um, it's been a lot of fun so far. You guys have been really welcoming. So thank you for that. It's that a fun company. Good. That's for sure. It damn sure is. <laughs> you may change your mind once you have another show with me. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Like eventually Brit's just going to try and fire you every two days. No, I can't, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm no longer, I can't fire you anymore, Crane. I've been yes. Told, I've been told like. I've been told I can't fire Crane anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Life is good. Yeah, so so what you asked me what I was thinking about this pick. I mean, yeah, you got um, you got Julio I'm, the first go around. Uh, so what are you looking to do here? Yeah, I, you know, I'm um it's kind of a conundrum for me right now because I'm looking at Jay Jay really, really hard. I like him at this spot. I think it's we're looking at he'd be like the sixth running back off the board. 
Yeah, pretty good guess. Number six. So I don't mind him as a six running back off the board, but typically at a place like this, um, I'm going to go wide receiver just because I love wide receiver and I'm kind of a, a zero RB dude myself. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when I can get a guy like Jay Ajayi right here, I'm going to go ahead and take him. I remembered my question. So either of the mics you want to join in. Uh, so, so you guys are used to writing for uh, MFL and doing a lot of MFL stuff. That's full PPR. How are you tailoring this draft is half PPR. So what's your strategies? Uh, All right, so I'll jump in. This is a uh, beer and water. Um, I think one difference is uh, you got to move the running backs up the board. Uh, you know, the, and it, it makes it a little harder to go zero RB because you, um, you know, a lot of guys like, uh, I don't know, Shane Vereen later in the draft, just lose a ton of value if you take away half a point for every reception. And, um, and a thing like, uh, you were talking about the first three picks with Zeke, uh, you know, I might move him back a couple of spots, um, in my, you know, out of the top three on MFL, but, um, you know behind a couple wide receivers but i'm gonna take him in the top three here every time i think it's uh, it's just too important to lock down a running back and especially in best ball you know he's gonna miss a few games and you can back him up so um that's the big difference for me uh, and then what, yeah what about what about you tags what do you what do you think here uh the difference from full ppr we've all been playing mfl for a while here we're sort of all transitioning to draft because uh, the app's really nice and uh, you get a lot lot to do, a lot of fun stuff. What's your big takeaway? Yeah, what's crazy, Brett, is you invited me onto this and uh, I hadn't done any drafts on here. So it was kind of like a new thing to me, but the user base is really, really nice. So uh, easy. I want to play with I want to play with it some more just to kind of make sure I want to invest because I have a lot over at NFL and it's just like, you know, that was always the best ball game. So over here, I'm really enjoying this. Actually, the, the interface is fantastic. If I could upload like my cheat sheet and have it available, to, you know, like on my mobile app, that would be fantastic. So I'm going to look more into this. But it, for me, it's really about who you're drafting with because I'm not, I never tailor my strategy to a certain type of settings. It's about knowing who you're drafting with. So if I'm in an expert league, I'm going to wait at quarterback because you know that they're not going to come off the board until maybe the 10th round. Whereas, you know, if you're in a, in a, a public NFL, you're going to see wide receivers come off the board a lot faster than they have mm -hmm. here. Because right now we have eight running backs already off the board and there's seven wide receivers. So this is complete, like, this is crazy to me because usually we're at the point where there's five running backs and like, you know, 10 wide receivers. So it's knowing your crowd wanting to get, you know, some of those top tier running backs before they come off the board. So usually I'd be looking for wide receivers, uh, but in a draft like this where the running backs are starting to fly off the board, it's all about supply and demand. So you want to zig when others zag, but at the same time, you don't want to miss out the top tier running backs. Uh, beers, you got Bell on the first pick. You're on the turn here. What, what are you looking to do? Yeah, so um, yeah, I paused for a second because I don't know if we're going to have our, our analyst ADHD uh, go through the first two rounds or not. But um, oh yeah, well, what about Josh? What do you what do you want to do here? You want to you want to go back here? <laughs> yeah, let's go mow through these really fast. Why not? Right. Let's. This uh, is kind of so nice. I can actually click through the teams this week and. And see what everybody's doing without having to do some guesswork or some yeah, so tabulating. What team I, I make one of my picks. Yeah, I can go to just about any team no, here. You may not make the pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jamino, David, it's this is an eight man, so teams are gonna be a lot stronger than they were. Normally they're ten or twelve mans on here. Um, I'm not seeing anything too crazy. Uh, Jordan Howard early. So Jordan Howard went before guys like T.Y. Hilton and DeMarco Murray. When you're looking at the running back board, this is for Bobby's team. Uh, do you see anything crazy here? Most teams are here. I just don't know, you know, Howard, you want to get these running backs in here. He looks like he was the last one. Is it him or him or a guy like DeMarco Murray? 
Yeah, so for me, it's um, it, all the teams right now, it's pretty standard. Everybody's going either running back, wide receiver, or wide receiver, running back. Uh, I noticed Spears went running back, back to back. So it looks like he may be trying to do some hyper fragile here. We'll see what he does in the third round with his pick or the fourth round if he decides to try mm-hmm. to lock up running back and, and move on to wide receiver after that. So, you know, I, I don't see anything here that's really out of the ordinary. It's kind of hard to get out of the ordinary in the second round unless you just start blasting tight end for quarterback right off mm-hmm. the bat. So, I mean, we're, we're at a pretty standard spot here. Uh, I will say if you play with your friends at home and you play like a three-man or like uh, I know Tags earlier, we did a uh, like a practice three-man and I just loaded up on stud quarterbacks because like you can kind of vary it uh, with your friends and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm always going to have one of the top scores if I have Brady, Rodgers, and Andrew Luck or something like that. I think uh, the smaller the field, the better you want at every single possible position as well. Good point, Britt. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, any, anyone have thoughts uh, on Des Bryant here? Um, you know, you, you look at Dallas's. That really bothers me, that Michael Thomas pick. I really wanted Michael Thomas. Uh, you look at Dallas's schedule. Uh, I know uh, I've read a lot of things. He's going to have like a top cornerback on him, I think 10 out of the 16 weeks. Is anybody scared from that? Oh, yes. I, I wrote up that. And Bez is a player that I, I'm, I'm buying in Dynasty, but you should wait until like the first couple weeks are over because the list of corners, I'll run through them for it because I have like that on demand because I'm a huge Des guy, but he's going to see Janoris Jenkins twice. Janoris Jenkins shut him down last year. Josh Norman is going to shadow this year for Washington. They already said that. He's going to see him twice. Akeem Tlaib and Chris Harris Jr., possibly the best duo uh, in the league. Patrick Peterson, Marcus Peters, Desmond Trufant, Jason Verrett, Casey Hayward, Richard Sherman. Like, it's 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 ridiculous. I love Des, but at the same time, he's moved down my draft board because, you know, strength of schedule can be one thing where, you know, it changes year over year. But top cornerbacks, we can typically know who's going to be that man coverage guy who can shut down the opposing number one, or at least keep him in check. It's not to say that Des can't overcome some of those things, but he's moved down my boards where he's like that bottom end uh, wide receiver one. Um, I'm going to go sum up and uh, you know, it's an eight man wide receiver still going to be pretty deep by the time we get done with all this. I've got two stud running backs. Uh, I'm going to hope Gronk can stay healthy for at least 12 games this year. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah, I, I Look like at that this. pick. I've, I've sniped you twice now, Crane. Oh, That's what you get with a professional best baller here. Oh, my God. How do you take Gronk right there? Like, you know, maybe I've got to reevaluate my own decisions and Britt is thinking on the same line as me. Like, maybe, maybe I'm the one screwing up. If I didn't have two good – if I didn't have Elliott and Devonta Freeman, if I already had a receiver, I probably would have taken Fournette. But I already locked up two really good running backs, so I'll take a shot on Brock. Well, I guess I got to stick with my wideouts. Man. Yeah, so I was choosing between Dez and Gronk at the turn for my third pick. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it was tough. I, I think I – I, I know about the, the schedule issues with Dez. And the, the thing is, in a half PPR league, we're at the end or the beginning of the third round. I mean, it's you know, eight-man league, whatever. But um, he's – I'm not worried about him finishing as a top 12 wide receiver. And, uh, you know, among guys, uh, among guys up there, his ability to produce double-digit touchdowns, um, even against a tough schedule with improvement in that offense, second mm-hmm. year with Dak, um, I'm willing to bet on that. I mean, it, it, his ceiling just seems a lot higher than any of the next um, several wide receivers on the board. A little strategy I'm doing is when I play the 10 and 12 bands, I'm picking up Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams. That's going to be occupied all those weeks. 
some like the 14th, 15th round. I'm, you know, you can get Terrence Williams as your last pick. Uh, that, that's kind of how I'm approaching it right now. I'm, I'm fading Dez going with the other guys. Yeah, I think I like easily a lot more full PPR, but mm-hmm. uh, I would agree. Yeah, I think the Terrence Williams pick is, is pretty slick in a league like this in the last round because that's that's a guy you know is probably going to give you three to five scoring weeks where he gets two touchdowns. As you know, he's the all he's the other guy that mm-hmm. just happens to be open in the end zone. Um, going back to the to the Dez thing, it's pretty interesting because. I've read a study somewhere one time and somebody had done a lot of work on the cornerback saying that the, the top receivers struggle as much as weak receivers against the top corners, but against weak corners, the top, the top receivers don't have a bonus. Like you think they would against weak corners. They just kind of do their thing. Mm -hmm. And the crappy receivers are the ones that really get the boost out of that matchup. So I I think it's pretty interesting that, you know, we're, we're kind of wringing our hands about Des against all these top cornerbacks. And the thing is like, Des can go, you know, three for 25 with a touchdown, and you'll take that. That's mm-hmm. a pretty good week for almost any receiver. And if it takes him 13 targets to do it, who cares? So, so far as him being a wide receiver one this year, man, I'm all for that because I, I think uh, Beerswater mentioned it a minute ago that, you know, he's a TD guy. And I think Des is one of very few guys in the league that's got a 16 TD season in him right now. And if, Dallas. you know, all, all Dallas needs to do is play from behind a little bit which they didn't do last year. And Dez is going to be so much more valuable than he was last year when he was still a wide receiver one or pretty close to that. Hi, J- Josh, yeah. go, go ahead and make your picks. Let's get picks going while we kind of keep talking about this here. We'll go back at the end of the uh, fourth round. We'll go back and take a look at everybody's teams here. But uh, what were you going to say, Tags? Yeah, Dallas is – their defense is going to regress for sure. And that's not to say that – I mean, I think Dak Prescott should be thrown a lot more in year two. And as the year went on in 2016, Des Bryant was – he was a top six wide receiver over the final eight games they played. And even if you look at the playoffs, he dominated the Patriots uh, – or the Packers. So – but this year, like – you know, in a best ball format, it's a little bit different. You know, if you're talking season-long leagues, I'm not opposed to having Des Bryant because, like you said, 25 yards and a touchdown, that'll be fine. But in terms of best ball, I just I just think you look for more upside, you know, a week-to-week upside, like maybe a Doug Baldwin who could score two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Playing out of the slot in Seattle where we should see Russell Wilson get back on track. So, I mean, like I said, I'm a huge Des Bryant believer. If anybody can overcome that, it's him. But at the same time, I do know that Scott Barrett uh, did some work in regards to Des Bryant against the top 10 cornerbacks. And he has been the most volatile wide receiver, like the worst wide receiver in terms of when he faces top 10 cornerbacks. So it's just I, like, I thought that was, I thought that was Allen Robinson. No, Allen Robinson <laughs> was extremely inefficient. Get, <laughs> get was, your, get your pick in here tags. We'll, uh, we'll keep moving along here. All right. Man. I'm going to, all right. I'm just going to go we, with, uh, we got to get Grant on here too. Grant's disappeared. You know, he's itching. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating a lot in here. It's 90 degrees in my room. And I am, <laughs> I'm literally drenched right now. Me too. It's so hot up here right now where I am. Yeah, I'm not really sure what to do here. I, I feel like, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on stacking? Like, I feel like it's actually not a terrible move in best ball when you it's get a great idea. Yeah, for sure. All right. I wasn't sure. I'd, I'd never heard anyone bring it up. Not, maybe just just don't stack the beers. I mean, if you don't stack the beers, you should be good. Lock down the Jets rush game. <laughs> Yes, hundred percent forte all night. I do like those two. We'll talk about them when we get to it. I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm not real big on stacking in best ball. I like, I think maybe on the margin it helps a little bit, but it's you're, you're playing the entire season, right? It's not one week like DFS, so I don't really care if my players go off on the same week. Uh, you know, um, you know, it it makes sense. You, know, you maybe think uh, 
if Gronk has a good year, Brady's going to have a good year. And like, you know, that there's some correlation there, but it's a lot lower than in the week to week game. Uh, so, you know, maybe it'll break a tie for me, but I, I don't really care about it much. Yeah. yeah I, I, I just feel good. like if you have want to stack, if, man, you always want to stack. Grant loves <laughs> Well, oh, if you have a wide receiver QB, you're looking for the best score each week. At the wide receiver position, you'll have six guys. QB, you'll have two or three or four. Like, on weeks where one your QB means your wide receiver is going to go off, so that means he'll be having a good week. It just correlates really well on a place where you have a good amount of depth on. I like Josh's team. He's coming up here. Jay Ajay, I like who – Doug Baldwin is one of my guys. Demarius Thomas – very consistent. Uh, I don't know if there's a ton of upside, but I think you're gonna, you know, exactly. You like Josh, you know exactly what you're getting with Demarius Thomas. There. Yeah, it's he, I'm getting the bubble screen god because <laughs> Mike McCoy's back in Denver and and he just loaded up Demarius with bubble screens and watched that guy explode. I'm really mad to miss that pick. <laughs> Sorry, keep going, man. Sorry. What? I wanted to throw I wanted to throw Beerswater a question here because one of the interesting stacks that I, I think um, I've seen a few people do this year and it's kind of unconventional is stacking um, Tom Brady with Pat's running game. So let's say Tom Brady with Gillisley and let's say James White all on one roster. So it's kind of like you're 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 doing some yin and yang there with the stack and you can't do that with every offense obviously, but the Pats are probably going to be high powered enough where you could do something like that and it didn't matter what the Pats did in a particular week, whether they decide they're going to run over somebody or pass the ball, you would probably get a pretty big benefit out of that either way. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, and it, I think that just impacts how I value each of those guys separately. Right. I mean, the fact that they're in a high powered offense that is going to score a lot of points makes me move both the running backs up the board. But again, I don't really, you know, I'm not really interested in having them all on the same team. I'm not not interested in it either. It's just whether they happen to be the the right value when it comes around to my pick, um, because you know, I mean, they're they're going to be negatively correlated, and I'm not sure we want that either. I'm not, you know, um, I I just I don't think it's going to be a big factor either way. Oh, DeAndre Hopkins off the board to Jamino. You didn't want to you didn't want to click that, did you, Jamino? Absolutely not, but I mean, it was. <laughs> I, I am, I am filling my wide receiver position right there, and even though I don't think he's necessarily, I think he's overvalued in most drafts, but that was probably an okay value for him. Right it there. seems like a pretty good spot. It's like I, am not really trying to get him. I want Sammy Watkins a little before you, and uh, I'm really high on Sammy. Uh, there's been a couple receivers. He's had that foot problem, the first surgery. It seems like you always have to have two of them. And he's had two, and then you're good to go. I'm expecting big things from Sammy. Uh, anybody have Sammy Watkins hot takes? Just feel free to chime in. You know, I, I with Sammy, like I was reading up on some of these foot injuries, and it just doesn't seem like people recover quite as much as you think they do. Like the like the foot, the ankle injuries. I'm really concerned about Watkins. I was I was I drafted him a couple or last time we did this, and I think I'm just fading him from now on. I, I don't know. He's got 200 targets plus missing from that team this year. I mean, who's going to get – they're going to throw the ball. Who's going to get it? I mean, Watkins well, Sammy, ha absolutely has to get opportunity. Is Sammy sitting in the owner's box? Is he going to get the pat the passes up there when he's hurt? <laughs> well, so it's the, the whole foot, ankle foot thing, ankles can be a little bit different. But foot injuries, he's had the same exact injury that Julio Jones had. Julio Jones come back and had multiple 1,400-yard seasons. Des Bryant looked like himself towards the end of last year. Julian Edelman had the same surgery. And all of those guys had two foot surgeries. So – Sammy Watkins, like it's it's really the psychological part of it right now, where his foot should be good to go. I, I really have no doubts about the kid. Britt, 
As a matter of fact, I debated him back at my pick when I took Travis Kelsey, but I was hoping that people were low on him in this draft, and I was going to like slide back to me in the fifth round of an eight-team league. But um, uh, not, I, a, I actually, not a chance. I actually love the pick, and if you go and you look at Sammy Watkins' splits uh, with Tyrod Taylor, Sands like if you take out the first two games of last year where he was clearly playing hurt and they shut him down, but the last fourteen games that these guys have played together. The pace is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He would have scored more points than Antonio Brown did in 2016. So uh, the former number four overall pick, Tyrod Taylor, the last year these two played together when they was healthy, Tyrod Taylor threw the ball 380 times. I mean, Rex Ryan was known to be a run-first coach, like run, run, run. Uh, you know, it, it's it's still going to be a run-heavy offense, there's no doubt, but 380 pass attempts, it should go way north of that. Uh, Josh, you got any thoughts on anybody's team so far? I could cycle through so you can kind of see. You see anything non-standard as we've been drafting here? No, really the only thing that kind of sticks out to me at this point is tags going with tight end early. But, I mean, it's Travis Kelsey. So, I mean, it's you yep. can't really argue too much with that. It's a guy, a tight end that, you know, is probably going to see somewhere from 120 to 140 targets. Uh, whether he actually gets in the end zone this year, that's to be determined. But I really like that pick. Um, I, I do like what Bobby's doing with his team. Um, you know, I noticed he just took Alshon Jeffrey. I love Alshon Jeffrey this year. I mean, he's, he's a lot of folks have written him off going to Philadelphia thinking that he's going to play in kind of a crappy offense. And to me, it, while it may be that kind of offense, I do think that he's going to be a guy that can make Carson Wentz look good because Carson Wentz doesn't necessarily have to be accurate with Alshon Jeffrey. He can kind of throw it in the space and Alshon will go get it. So I think Alshon's going to see a ton of targets this year and he's just going to have to work a little harder to get the ball. Uh, so what I'm going to do here, so I usually wait on my quarterbacks, but like I'm, I'm good at tight end. I've got Sammy. I don't really like any of the, I literally don't like any of these guys unless I go way down here. So uh, I'm, I think I'm just going to lock up quarterback and uh, I'm going to take Drew Brees. Some would take Tom Brady, but I'm just going to take Mr. 30 touchdowns guaranteed Drew Brees here. So. I mean, Britt, you know, I caught a pass from Drew Brees a few weeks ago, right? <laughs> you did. Grant, Grant, yeah, Grant you know I actually won the competition to get there. You just got to tag along. If you can catch a pass from Drew Brees, I mean, he's going to have to have a good fantasy season. That's a fair point. <laughs> it had to be a really good throw. <laughs> That's ball a fair point. At least there weren't any tires for me to run through. <laughs> um, but uh, Beers, Mike, uh, anybody, what, what do you kind of think here? It's just I don't really – I didn't really like any of these. Keenan Allen, no. Edelman with, all, with Gronk and with – uh, Cooks in there, Jarvis Landry in half PPR, Tyreek Hill. If anybody, I would have taken Crabtree or or Tate. These are just my personal thoughts, uh, so don't let those guys uh, come back to me. Um, but I, I'm just—I just felt like I was kind of set. I probably could have gone uh, McCaffrey or Montgomery, but uh, I, I was feeling pretty good with Brees. So uh, it's a little early for me for quarterback. Um, I, I think yeah. especially in an eight-man league um, in, in the best ball format, I mean, you can build a really good, like really very good quarterback score out of three quarterbacks from the, the mid-rounds, mm-hmm. kind of like 9, 10, 11. Um, that, you know, having – I mean, having a guy like Rodgers or Breeze, you know, is great, and they're, they're going to be great. Um, but, you know, the fact that they're, they're this expensive, I mean – you know, it, you can get an elite wide receiver still. Uh, I mean, you know, who elite? Who's elite? Yeah, all right. <laughs> it, the the kind of upside you look for in these leagues. I mean, uh, Keenan Allen, uh, Tyree Kill, Terrell Pryor, Jarvis Landry. I like all of them a lot more than taking a quarterback in these early rounds. I mean, um, 
they're they're going to give you those spike weeks that you know you, you can get those from a quarterback like Andy Dalton, um, you know Philip Rivers. Later on, if you put three of them together, you're gonna you're gonna match Breeze's production easily, um, even with the second guy alongside him. You know, yeah, I you saw could... I saw Keenan Allen went right after I picked. I was tanking really hard between Mixon and Allen. I want to hear what you guys think of Keenan Allen. The, I would take Mixon a hundred out of a hundred over Keenan. Allen. Oh, that's not good for me. <laughs> I would take Keenan Allen a hundred out of a hundred over Mixon. <laughs> I, but I, mean, I love I like the Chargers Keenan. way um, too much. The, the worry with Keenan is health and his, his injuries have been a little bit fluky. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, he's a nice value in these drafts. I've been taking him in a lot of my own, uh, you know, public leagues. Uh, you know, I wish it were uh, full PPR for his sake, but um, you know, it's, it's still, I mean, he's the number one guy on an offense that's going to score a lot of points this year. I think, I mean, I like that whole offense. There's so, there's just so many. It's Keenan Allen. It's Williams. They've got, a whole bunch of other receivers. They've got Gates. They've got uh, uh, they're the other tight end. They got Melvin. Henry. There's just there's so many things. I don't like Keenan Allen is never he's never going to be that huge target guy ever again. I'm just, I'm I'm out on Keenan Allen. Yeah, but if he were a second round pick, I'd be out on right. him too. But he's not. You know, uh, and you uh, you know whatever this was, we got a smaller league. It was the the end of the fifth round. Uh, I mean, I think that's great. I mean, the third round, fourth round um, in the bigger leagues. You know, you're still going to get um, – I think he's he's still going to get over 100 targets. He's still got big playability. He's still a hard cover for these guys. And that that offense is going to move. He's going to get opportunities. Now, the other guys are going to get opportunities too. Um, you know, I like that whole offense. I, I'm buying Rivers. Uh, I think that's the best way to get um, a piece of it along with Melvin Gordon. But, uh, you know, the, I, I think Keenan's – risk is injury and i'm just not gonna bet on that i'm just i'm, like, I'm real, not bet I'm, against it i'm just really happy crane took the wrong running back in joe mixon and then grant took the wrong running back in marshawn lynch and then I have grant, four running back and grant took the wrong running back in christian mccaffrey because i get ty montgomery here this is just like thanks guys i'm just i'm just you know i just want to shake your hands Oh yeah, I love, who doesn't want Ty Montgomery? I, you know, I wanted him. That that was a that was a gift for me. You can, you're welcome. You, you got Ty Montgomery. I, I decided to go with Ware over Montgomery, and that's simply because I I like Ware as a volume guy this year. I think he's a chance to to get 300 touches in that offense. And Montgomery, I I'm still a little bit hesitant to to bank on that. I do think he could probably get 240, but 300 touches is kind of a it's kind of a line for me when I'm looking for a bell cow back even when it's in the sixth round of an eight-man league. Um, you if, know, you notice, if, you, discount. if you notice, I didn't say you picked the wrong run. <laughs> no, I, I said, just, everybody, I like Spencer Ware quite a bit. You're very kind. <laughs> Guys, how many running backs is too many running backs? I need to know this before my yeah, next pick. Let's talk about so many. How many do you have? Four. <laughs> Mike. You don't need one right now. The Mikes and Josh. Uh, let's talk about, like, roster construction. We're playing an eight-man. Um, you know, Josh, you, 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 uh, or who, who wrote the article? I forgot who it was on, you know, if you pick a quarterback early, then you pick one late, or if you pick three that late. Was, yeah, that was beers water. Uh, so beers, why don't you talk about, um, some roster construction? Typically pretty much every single one of these I've done, I go two quarterbacks, I go two tight ends and I stock up as many skill position players as I can. Cause that's where my points come from. Um, I know you will draft three quarterbacks or three tight ends if you go late and stuff like that. So just talk about general uh, lineup construction. Yeah, so I, it's entirely dependent on how your draft kind of starts out, you know, the first five or six rounds. Um, I'm not thinking about roster construction really. 
um, until I've made those picks, but then it becomes very important to me. Um, so if I've got four running backs in the first five rounds, you know, I, at most, I'm going to take one more, maybe not even one more. I'm going to stop there because I've invested so much there. They're going to produce the points unless they get injured. You know, look, if they're getting injured, I'm probably going to lose anyway. Um, so, you know, I need to load up a wide receiver where I didn't get some of the top guys. Uh, you know, so I think general guidelines is like, you know, sort of four to six at running back and um, sort of six to nine at wide receiver. And, and where I end up is going to be a function of how strong I am at each position. Um, and then at quarterback and tight end, it's, it's pretty straightforward for me. I mean, if I take one of the early quarterbacks, um, you know, the guys like Breeze or Rodgers or Brady, um, I'm definitely only taking two of them because the, the whole point of spending that early pick on them is that they have both the high floor and the high ceiling, and you're, you're really not going to get a lot out of a third quarterback. Um, and even a second one you should take late. Um, and then at tight end, you, you know, the guys like Kelsey, Gronk, um, you know, it's the same story. I mean, you, a third guy is probably not going to add a lot to your roster unless you're expecting an injury. And if you're expecting an injury, look, just don't, don't pick the guy. Don't spend the early pick on him. Um, it, it's not worth hedging in a best ball league, uh, even when more than one spot gets paid out. Um, so that, that's kind of my approach. You got you to just uh, see how your roster's coming together as you go along and then adjust that way. Yeah, Mike, I mean, you're isn't, isn't oh. there a good strategy to have a third quarterback? What if your top quarterback gets injured for one week during the other quarterback's bye week? Aren't you just entirely screwed there? I mean, the I also, odds of that are yeah, so low. Let me, let me jump in I here say, too. I just can't play for that. Let me jump in. So we're all used to playing MFL tens for a while. So those are like you got to win or you get nothing. This is a little different. Like if you play a twelve man, four spots get paid. So like I'm a, like in the MFLs, I would go for broke. So I'm going, I'm going two quarterbacks. I'm going two tight ends. I'm getting all skill position players. I'm trying to win at all costs because that's the only spot that gets it. Where these. It's a little bit more reasonable. You know, the top, you know, if you're playing a 12 man, four spots get paid. Like uh, you, you can be a little bit safer and maybe take that third quarterback, take that third tight end. And I think you can actually get away with it. I, I think you're still, you're hedging though. The amount of points you actually add above the early guys that you, that you took, um, you know, you're, you're playing for an injury. Uh, like you're only going to get value out of that pick if you get an injury and, you know, maybe you in improve your chances of, uh, you know, coming in third place when you do get that devastating injury. But I, I think over, you know, a large sample of drafts, if you're playing a lot of these, it's, it's not going to be a, you know, positive expected value for you. Yeah. Like uh, if you lose someone like Aaron Rodgers, if they're spending that type of equity at a pick, you're likely not to win that actual one anyways. Mm -hmm. Exactly, because other people, you know, spent that early pick on a on a good running back or good right. wide receiver who didn't get injured. Uh, I'm gonna make a call here, guys. Let's try to speed. We gotta get this show. We got about 20 minutes, 30 think, minutes. I don't we think frame of mine. He's like hanging that out. Anderson pick. I like that CJ Anderson pick. Uh, what what do you like? He's not someone I'm actively tired. Who who was that? Was that you, Tags? Yeah. So like the, the thing is, people are overlooking this. It's like Jamal Charles hasn't really played football in a year and a half, essentially. Last year, he would look done. Most people don't know that when, you know, his ACL was screwed up and then he went back to have it cleaned out, they actually ended up cleaning out both of his knees. And that's why he lasted so long in free agency. You know, a guy like Jamal Charles wouldn't be out there if he could actually perform. So 
you know, the Broncos, it's rumored that he may not even actually make the team. Like they don't owe him a lot of money. If anything, if I'm not mistaken, it might be a million uh, where that's nothing. CJ Anderson is a, is a running back that they made it a point to take back from Miami. If you guys recall, everybody's all over Jay right now, but they forget that Miami Dolphins signed CJ Anderson to an offer sheet last year and nobody expected the Broncos to match was because it was good money. They did match it. He's coming back to an offensive line that they kind of reinvigorated and it's going to be run heavy. You're not going to, you're not going to be throwing the ball a ton with Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch. So I'm buying CJ Anderson. I think that he's actually a high end RB two and he's being undervalued right now. Anyone have hot takes on CJ? He's someone I, I have, I don't even think I have a share of him. I've probably done 20 of these. He just doesn't seem to get picked. Anyone else? Uh, my big, my biggest problem with CJ Anderson is that as somebody who works for Roto Grinders, I don't like taking or supporting anybody named CJ. <laughs> that's a very good point he's in the chat too maybe he's watching that's hilarious um i want to take uh i guess we can talk i want to talk about not uh delvin not delvin cook um not bubby fi where is josh's team here so josh uh let's go over your team a little bit here what's your what's your All thoughts right. so far so you've gone pretty wide receiver heavy in a half ppr and this is gen i generally when i do these I try to take running backs quicker here. So explain to me what you're doing here. I mean, this is this is pretty typical for me. It's it's zero RB, pretty much at its essence. No JHI, obviously that was kind of a, a pick at face value, but Spencer mm-hmm. Ware for me, that's I kind of explained it earlier. I, I think he's he's a lot more valuable than his ADP says he is right now. But you know, generally my strategy in, in a best ball league like this is to load up on elite wide receivers wherever I can and the good thing about everyone loading up at running back and, and using the, the, the ideology that you are is that, well, it's half PPR. So I'm going to kind of lean more toward running back is mm-hmm. that it, it does allow the elite wide receiving talent to fall to me and I can take it at a discount and then come back and, and worry about uh, running back at a later point when I can kind of cobble together some, some touch volume yeah. either through catches or through, through rushes later on in the draft. Yeah, you're up right now. So I was hoping uh, Diggs was someone I was targeting on Mike's. You know, I was hoping Diggs would, was going to get back to me. But uh, Mike's, Mike scooped Diggs away from me. I never have to worry about Crane taking any of my guys. So <laughs> I mean, I win. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm sitting here looking at a guy that I'm going to get next that I don't love him, but I just think it's too late like for this guy to still be available. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on Edelman. I'm just glad... I just, uh, I, I'm not on him that much. I just think it's too late. Too late for you know who's, you know going, who's going way, way too, too late? late? Echo what? Echo said what? <laughs> yeah, what's going on? All right, that's, we're back to normal here. <laughs> I don't know what that was. That wasn't me. That was Devin hitting some buttons here. Uh, Mike Gillisley, um, touchdown. Am I crazy? I don't care. I'm, I don't trust AP or Mark Ingram. Tevin Coleman, he didn't even score a red zone touchdown last year. He's not going to have the same season he had last year. Uh, I'm taking all the touchdowns from Mike Gillisley. Yeah, I love the pick. Yeah, Gillisley, somebody, I'm not sure how I feel about him. How do you feel, uh, Josh? I, You know, I, I like Gillisley a lot. I don't think he's got anywhere close to 18 touchdown potential like Blunt had last year. Of course, we didn't think Blunt had that either. Hmm. So I, I do like Gillisley quite a bit. I've been taking him a ton in drafts just because he's – a perfect zero RB guy. It's a guy that's going to get you probably six to 10 scoring weeks out of a league like this. And that's exactly what you want out of a guy you're going to take in the seventh to 10th round. So uh, to me, I think he's an ideal kind of running back for a league like this. I, I just laugh when I see 
Does anyone have, like the Saints running backs? Peterson and Ingram are both on the board here. Who's going to who, – we're playing chicken. It looks like uh, – who just took – Bobby just took Ingram over AP. Uh, Bobby, what's your thought process yeah, there? AP goes next. <laughs> I, I think that AP was the clearer choice, but for some reason I wanted to stick with Ingram. I don't know. I have a, I have a little bit of an anti-AP thing, so that's it. I don't does, know. I no, does any no, – No logical justification for it. <laughs> Mike, either of the Mikes or Josh, uh, what's your take on this New Orleans situation? I don't know what to make of it. They seem to hate Mark Ingram. Adrian Peterson's the shiny new object. The offense is good. Someone – you know, running backs are going to score – 20 plus touchdowns for the saints this year, but it could just be like six, five and four. And then two guys who never heard of score a couple two here. Does anyone have any hot takes on that? Uh, I, mean, like- I, I love Ingram at his price. I mean, it, it's about the price AP was going, you know, three or four rounds earlier. Uh, it feels like a, a few weeks ago and that was insane. Um, but I think where they've fallen in our draft, um, I like both Ingram and AP for, for the upside there. I mean, they're going to have some bad weeks because they're going to cancel each other out. But, you know, these are best ball leagues. And, I, I you know, in the seventh, eighth round, whatever, uh, I don't care if I'm getting some bad weeks out of my running backs. That's why I'm going to have four or five or six of them. Uh, so that's kind of how I feel about them. I mean, if they get a little more expensive, um, you know, I wasn't touching AP a few weeks ago. But, you know, I, I might start drafting them now. Who yeah, took who took Kelvin? That's Beers Water. Oh, he was someone I was hoping would get back to me. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at strength of schedule, and I know it doesn't really matter, but there there is no doubt that Carolina, by far, they have the best passing defense. Oh, Bob, Bob, Bobby knows what that match is all about on, on the Bumble. Um, but uh, <laughs> Carolina has – they have, like, the best rushing schedule, the best – passing schedule the best offensive schedule i love this carolina offense this year. well i had to balance out my des bryant pick that nobody liked um by taking that good schedule with kelvin yeah and, <laughs> and hopefully he doesn't show up uh week one at 285 pounds right Beers, i think my wide receivers are a little bit better than yours right now i don't even have do i even have one? i have two wide receivers so <laughs> i have I, one i usually don't even <laughs> This is very not what I do in these. In these, I usually just go. I stock running backs, receivers through the first eight rounds, basically in the twelve mans. But with just how it felt to me, you know, I was able to get Gronk. I almost never get Gronk because usually people take him before I think he's a value, and then I never really get the elite quarterbacks because they seem to come off the board a little bit early. And I want to tell you guys if you're playing, like there's people who pick one quarterback. There's people who pick like eight court or not eight, but like four quarterbacks and four tight ends. Like there's a pretty big edge in these, honestly, right now. So um, let's see here. I'm going to make my pick. Let's see who's on the board here. This, I don't know. I don't want Seven Coleman. I guess I got to start going receivers here. And uh, Mr. Perfect best ball wide receiver. Yeah, there he uh, goes. Deshaun Jackson. He's our hero. If this next guy wasn't available, that's who I was going to take. But here's a nice little best ball tight end for us if he, you know, plays more than two games. Is he perfect yeah. as your wide receiver three in an eight-man draft, though, Jackson? Oh, I mean, yeah. he's yeah, not. Deshaun, <laughs> totally. I mean, Deshaun, totally perfect as a wide receiver two in a draft like this just because he – I mean, he will have huge blow-up weeks. I mean, and all he needs to do is catch three passes to go for 120 and a score, right? So, I mean, he's – to me, he is a wide receiver two that you can get in the – seventh and eighth round of these things and if you're playing a smaller league like an eight or a ten man or a yeah then you might even find him in the tenth or twelfth in some cases so 
I mean, I, getting him as a wide receiver three or later than that, to me, is a huge value. Yeah, people all over guys like Crowder and Snead. And Snead doesn't score touchdowns. Crowder, there's like 800 people to pass to. Washington's got a tough pass defense. Uh, Tampa Bay, their pass defense schedule is pretty good. Uh, I, I love myself Deshaun Jackson. I think he's going – I take him over Snead, Crowder, Moncrief, Devontae Parker, Pierre Garçon. I take him over all these guys on the screen. Yeah, Wait, I like him over everybody on the screen there. Are we sure that Snead's not going to catch touchdowns this year? I mean, without Brandon Cooks there. There's going to be eight guys you've never heard of catch a touchdown. There always are eight guys for the Saints you've never heard of. <laughs> I mean, you, you talked about the like Willie Snead. I like what Crane's saying for, like, DFS purposes. Like, I think Snead is going to always be, like, a really stinky play. He's, he's the new Muhammad Sanu. Yeah, uh, maybe a little bit of a better version. <laughs> I hope. I hope. There's nobody better than Muhammad. Muhammad Sanu won Crane a million dollars, so let's not Never let's mind. not down. I know. I was on a show with him. <laughs> Literally, he couldn't. His face looked like I couldn't. I can't do it because we're not live there. But where's Jamino? I haven't heard Mr. Jamino in a while. Where's your two? Who's your last pick, Jamino? I took uh, Brandon Marshall my last pick, uh, thinking that oh, he's going to get working. The rate? You're paying the rate for all of us. Yeah, why do you say that? I mean, this guy is going to be in an offense where he's going to be getting the red zone looks. I assume he'll have a more efficient season than what was like the least efficient season ever last year. You know, Eli was terrible last year. I assume he'll play a little bit better this year, but he's also my sixth wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I, I for your team, it looks pretty good here. Uh, anyone have Giants passing games? Eli Manning. I don't know. Is he is he toast, guys? Is he just not? No. Is he not good? You think? You know, who said that? Who who was that? That was me. I don't think he's touched. That's that's my all my analysis. You're yeah, right. I agree with that too. I agree with you, Eric. I, you know, I my biggest issue with the Giants' passing offense is discount Dave Wanstead on the sidelines is calling the plays. <laughs> Just because, I mean, it seems like he he can't understand how to get out of his own way when he's calling the plays, and they've got all this firepower around that dude. So I, I do think this year that that them adding Brandon Marshall, which is a guy that could catch a ball anywhere which is where Eli likes to throw the ball is anywhere but in the receiver's hands. I mean, it's the perfect kind of dude for him to throw 12 touchdowns to. So I, I think Brandon Marshall, especially as a wide receiver six on a roster, I mean, that's ideal. That's exactly what you want. That's how you load up on a position and then go take care of your, your rat killing later. Hold on. Or, is anybody worried that Brandon Marshall is Andre Johnson? Do you remember when Andre Johnson went to the Colts and everybody was drafting him as a top 20 wide receiver? Before drafting him as a top 20 wide receiver? Yeah, he was the number – I want to say it was 19 in ADP uh, in 2015. What a world we live in. It isn't it? It's crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's like the, sim the similarities are, like, astounding. Like, you look at Andre Johnson's last year in Houston where he wasn't great. Brandon Marshall wasn't great last year. He's going to a team with a better, like, an upgraded quarterback in quotes. And, you know, um, it's quite possible that Sterling Shepard, you know, is Dante Moncrief in terms of – to Andre Johnson. You know what I mean? It's like the, the – the parallels between the two are, are very similar. The age is the exact same. There's there's a prototypical number one on the team. Um, that's that's just like my thoughts on it. It's just that's my concern about Marshall. But he's fallen to the point where he was safe to draft. But anybody else have those concerns on Marshall? I feel like he's a different type of wide receiver. I mean, there are certain wide receivers where they go to a new team and they just do absolutely terrible. Marshall's a guy that's worked with a whole bunch of different quarterbacks. And he's just such a big physical wide receiver that pretty much any system that he gets put in, he can do a lot of work. Bobby, get off Bumble and make your pick. Bobby is 100% on Bumble, too. <laughs> Bobby, he's, like, <laughs> muted. He's talking about not talking. Bobby fell asleep. 
Oh, oh no, Bobby! Bobby. <laughs> we're, we're no, not, sorry guys, I'm sweating MLB right now. I pressed the wrong button. No, oh, we got you out of sweat. I have a little bit of a sweat. Who are we rooting for? Uh, I just need the Astros to fucking. Oh, sorry to to score some <laughs> actual runs. I'm just really happy with my Bregman play all across, but like I just can't get any more runs. That's a total of four F-bombs we've had dropped on this show since it started, by the way. But I've never done one before. That really feels bad. It's <sighs> after nine o'clock. We can do it. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. RG after dark. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Bobby, uh, it's your pick right now. Uh, I noticed you picked Randall Cobb. So, uh, anybody out there, you know, getting parts of the Green Bay passing game, generally good. Cobb's been hurt for a couple of years. And to get him so late in these drafts, he's someone I'm trying to target uh, when I do a lot of these best balls. So does anyone have thoughts on that? Yeah, I love Cobb. I think he's a fantastic pick this year. I mean, it, just if you look at the simple TD regression that's due in that offense um, with Jordy and, and Devontae, Nel, uh, Devontae Adams catching 26 touchdowns between those two guys last year, I mean, I, to me, Cobb is primed to have – you know, between a six and 10 TD season himself this year. And at the price that he's going at, I, it's, it's really hard to resist that. Yeah, I like it. You can get him about the end of the, you know, eighth, middle of the eighth, I think, somewhere in these. And that's a pretty good pick, uh, in my opinion, if you're playing these a lot of the 12 man. So uh, let's see what Beer's Water team, he's doing uh, the turn here. Uh, what, what are you doing with your team here? So we got Bell, Murray, Lacey, old man Frank Gore uh, off the board here. What's so uh, any? What's your take on Frank Gore? Uh, my take on Frank Gore is that he's got his job locked up. Uh, I'm not expecting a lot from him, but um, and I, I don't need a lot from him as my fourth running back. I'm actually about to take another old man um, as my fifth running back. Um, Danny Woodhead. He goes. <laughs> Uh, not Danny Woodhead. If it were if it were PPR, I would have taken him a little while ago. No, I think. no, don't take Matt Forte. I want Matt Forte. Yeah, I'm taking Matt Forte. No, I already uh, I already took Powell. I was trying to get. I wasn't joking when I Jets back. I wasn't joking when I wanted to do that. <laughs> no, I, I mean these guys. They they have their starting jobs. That's the thing. And uh, you know, I I don't need them to. They're not going to catch a lot of passes, I don't think. But I just want them to fall into the end zone a few times uh, to help out. I've already got Le'Veon Bell, Demarco Murray, uh, Lacey's kind of the same thing for me. I like I don't have super high hopes for him, but I know he's going to touch the ball quite a bit. He's going to get chances near the end zone, and I'm just looking for touchdowns. Um, you know, for for some spike weeks here. Um, you know, I've tipped my hand a little bit, but I'm probably not going to draft another running back um, after those two guys. Uh, given that, you know, that I have Bell and Murray to start off, I'm feeling mm -hmm. pretty good there. Uh, I got a question for basically anybody. And sometimes not with Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, because I think it costs too much. But if you took Frank Gore in best ball, do you have any interest taking a guy like uh, Marlon Mack or anything like that to try to, you know, solidify all of the touches in the backfield? I now go ahead tax i'd probably just rather grab mac i mean frank gore is somebody that i'm not really excited about to draft at all um he lost goal line carries to robert turbin apparently robert turbin looks good in otas and they're saying that he is going to be involved in the offense one way or the other frank gore has been sub four yards per carry behind the in that colts offensive line which isn't great their defense you know they tried to improve the linebacking court but it was it was nothing major so the defense is still going to be bad they need a lot Frank Gore is perfect for a team that wants to play a control style football. 
the Colts don't do that. They can't do that. They don't have the offensive line to do that. They need they need lightning in a bottle. And I think that Marlon Mack is like a player that can actually bring that to that team, similar to what Ahmad Bradshaw used to do. You you'll live with his inconsistencies in between the tackles because Marlon Mack is not your Frank Gore that's going to go in between the tackles and get you three four yards a pop. He's going to lose a couple yards here and there, but he's also going to break eighty yard touchdown runs if you give him you know uh, ten to twelve carries a game. So. For me, Frank Gore is just very unappealing. I know some people like him, and, you know, you look at his year on finish of RB12, RB12 the last two seasons, but it's really an empty RB12. And you, you really finished in the, inside the top 12 running backs by staying healthy and seeing 15 carries per game the last two years. So uh, in best ball, I'm just really not excited about Frank Gore. Uh, Beers or Josh, what's your thoughts on kind of handcuffing running backs in best ball? Uh, do you have any, like, when it makes sense when – you know, if you take DeMarco Murray, do you want to take De- – like, you have DeMarco Murray. Are you interested in Derrick Henry? Uh, things like that. <laughs> I, I'm against it. Um, you know, I, I'm – on MFL, you know, it's it's only the, the top one pays. You, you know, there's a little more room for error here. But I, I'm not trying to hedge with these, um, with these lineups. I mean – I'll buy the backup as, you know, as a standalone, uh, you know, if I, if I were going to get a guy like Mac, I would do it without Gore uh, mm-hmm. because I want all my players in play. That's how you get the most upside. Um, and, you know, I think Mac is, you know, the guy like Mac is only going to give you that kind of value if Gore ends up being a bust and that might happen, but I don't want Gore on my roster if that's the case. Um so I think, you know, I think you're hedging too much, especially in a, in a situation like, um, you know, DeMarco and Henry, where Henry is so expensive, you're much better off using that pick on somebody who's going to help your uh, starting lineup every week than uh, just in, you know, buying some insurance and keeping yourself in the top half of the league. Yeah, Henry usually goes a little earlier, like Henry's a, like a screaming value right now. Um, you know, at this point in the draft, in my opinion, I thought Doug Martin, by the way, who was just taken, is also a screaming value. What, yes. What's your take what's, on what's your Doug? take on him? I've been, I've been actually taking, I've been taking, uh, kind of when it gets to you in like the normal ones in like the 13th or 14th round, I've actually been taking Sims and uh, who's who's the other guy off the top of my head? I lost the mind. Jaquiz. I've been taking hey, them and getting the first four weeks. All the backups, man. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, week one or two is not going to be great for you, but by the time fully 14 rolls around, you're going to be crushing. <laughs> no, no. The, the first couple of weeks are going to be good. You got it backwards. <laughs> uh, you guys were just talking about this guy. I almost chimed in and said, yeah, I want some Travis Henry, but I'll take his illegitimate cousin, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, Derek's a pretty good value right there, in my opinion. Um, um, look at this. Oh, Tennessee wide receiver conundrum. Anybody. I, I don't think I'm going to take any of these guys. Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to go uh, Mr. Just like Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I'm going to take Mr. Best ball special Ted Ginn here, but uh, anyone have thoughts on the Tennessee passing game? <laughs> I'm, I'm not playing any of it, but go ahead, somebody. <laughs> yep. Good luck. That's, that's, that's my answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I mean, I like Ginn uh, a lot in best ball, but I still would take Decker over him and I would take Decker over the other two Tennessee guys on the board. Uh, just because he's he's a he's a red zone end zone threat like specialist almost. I mean his his conversion rate's been very high. He's always gotten a lot of targets um, down in the red zone um, on multiple teams. I think um, I think he's good for this 
format. It, he, he also happened to have a pretty good floor when he was healthy in the past. Um, I'm not sure that's going to last with so many mouths to feed in Tennessee, but I do think he's going to find the end zone enough that like, you know, as the sixth or seventh guy um, or, or, you know, fifth or sixth guy on your roster, that that's going to help you out several times. I actually, I actually probably would have taken any of the Tennessee wide receivers over again. And the reason that is because not only do we know Ted Ginn is, we know who he is, he's going to drop passes. Drew Brees is going to get frustrated, but they also just lost their left tackle. Teron Armstead is uh, pretty much out the season. So that's like a really big issue for the New Orleans Saints offense. And it's something I wanted to say when uh, everybody was talking about Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram. I believe that their run game is going to be strong. I think Adrian Peterson is going to be a better version of Tim Hightower. And I think Mark Ingram is going to be similar to how he was last year. They're going to run the football. And uh, Mara may help steal some of that uh, Brandon Cook's role. I don't think that Willie Steve's role changes all that much. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good backfield to own. I, I think, I don't know if that's a secret because the Saints have been a top five team in terms of fantasy points out of their running back uh, position for quite some time now. The QB run is about to start too, by the way, guys, because so many of you have waited on quarterbacks. It's going to be an avalanche. Uh, so, you know, I, got, if you want... I, got, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. I got Tom Brady in like the eighth round or something. Yeah. So, so like I the QB runs, the QB runs really going to start here in a second. So. Yeah, it's coming. I, I had to get one of them at the turn there. Um, yeah. Matt, Matt Ryan's not going to have as good of a season as he did last year, but uh, that offense should regress a little bit, but he's still in a, you know, like where you got him just now is an absolute steal. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I don't need him to be last year's Matt Ryan in the 13th round, even in an eight-man eight yep. league. You won't get him in the 13th. If you're playing a 12-man, he goes in like the sixth round a lot of the times. I would say. Oh, yeah. I don't think I have any shares in the public leagues. Uh, so let's, uh, let's see if we can speed it up just a little bit, guys. Try to get your picks in uh, somewhat quickly, and we'll give uh, some quick analysis as we go along here. So quarterback runs coming. Uh, Bobby's got luck. I don't know what he'll do here. Um, but has anyone seen a team, you know, granted my wide receivers are a little sketchy. I'm not, I'm not feeling as good as I, as I was earlier in the thing here. Anyone have any thoughts on my team? It's bad. <laughs> For an 18 league, I, I would say I definitely, definitely be concerned. concerned. I mean, I have Gronk. That's it? it. You do have Gronk. <laughs> I have Gronk. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think you. I think you waited a little bit too long at wide receiver. I, th I think you're going to find the teams a little too thin there at uh, the I end. Um, but for what yeah, it's I mean, worth, you got Gronk. Really like you got Breeze. What? I, I'd say for what it's worth, I really like Gronk in this in this format. Yeah. But so do I. So do I. Oh, I do too. And at the price he got him, I mean, it was what in the, the shorter the third, third round the here. The shorter your league, I think the bigger advantage you have. But like in the 12 mans, yeah, I don't want to get Gronk. Yes. I agree with that. That's the only reason I took Kelsey in the fourth because I I would I wouldn't touch Kelsey in the fourth of an, a regular NFL 10 with 12 teams. Uh definitely wouldn't do that. Like keeper starting rosters. But this one, I actually love the Gronk pick. Yeah, and again, Brent, if you didn't take Gronk where you did, he was coming to me with the next pick. Well, yeah, that's why you, you – well, sometimes you don't want to have me in front of you, but uh, I, I guess the rest of my – the rest of the picks you did pretty good. Yeah, no, that's, that's been fine. Don't worry about that. <laughs> how in the world little... is anyone going to stop that team? Like, how is anyone stopping the Patriots? Oh, I thought you were talking about Brits' team still. <laughs> yeah, my team's going to be easily <laughs> no, stopped. You stop them you – need, you need Cat Brady. That's how you stop that team. That, uh, does that, no, does no, no, no. That would be very bad for my current situation. It, so it would be terrible for everybody's situation, but that's how you stop the offense. I mean, you take the quarterback down. 
That is that. I mean, they got the next Tom Brady sitting right behind them. Who's that? Garoppolo. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were. I thought there was somebody else. J- they must. Jacoby Brissett. Oh, who I took Tyrod? Who took Tyrod? Oh, I know you. Damn you, Mike. I knew you. I was going to take Tyrod to pair with my Drew Brees. I'm sorry. There's some really – there's some good quarterback names too, but I was eyeing Ty- Tyrod. Oh, yeah, man. There's there's nothing but good quarterbacks left. Yeah. I Is waited anyone? until the 13th round and I got Roethlisberger in Tyrod. Okay. Roethlisberger, you're going to need – I think that's like Roethlisberger with Taylor, I think is a very risky proposition. You get a running quarterback plus a quarterback that's always hurt. You could legit not have a quarterback. For a Wait, which one's which? Which one's which? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Mariota. It's very tough. Just the Dallas passing schedule is very rough. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take Mariota. I like that pick. I mean, they, uh, we were just talking earlier about how loaded they are in receiving options. Uh, I've I moved him up my board quite a bit. since they, they, have, added they have to open it up and let him pass a little bit. He hasn't thrown an interception in the red zone in his career. I mean, let let, the, let him throw. Yeah. What do you What do you guys think about Jack Doyle? I'm really curious to hear. What Love you Jack Doyle. Love Jack Doyle. Oh, I was hoping he would get back to me the next time. No, he didn't. I took him. Yeah, that's a great pick. Like, but yeah, Jack Doyle is on like almost like I would say eighty percent of my NFL teams. Doyle is going to be the guy where you hear he's the sleeper, and he's gonna he's gonna end up being like the fifth tight end pick by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's already gone. It, like, honest to God, back in March, I was having an argument, like not an argument, but with Evan Silva, and he was like, I was like, how is Doyle going outside the top twenty tight ends? He's like, no, he's not. And I'm like, dude, I will show you. And I showed him. And then he's like, well, smart people are taking him before the 20th tight end. And now he's up to number 13. Yeah, he's going to – he'll crack the top 10. Yeah, my, my only fear with Doyle is – I mean, I'm wondering if he's going to be the guy that, like, that that breaks the chain of the tight end one in Indianapolis effectively being the sixth offensive lineman. Because, you know, last year he was the second tight end and he caught all the all the scores and he got all the yardage while um, – Dwayne Allen was doing all the blocking, right? Well, that's why you take Swoop in the 18th round. Exactly. That's why you take Swoop in the (laughs) 18th round and find another tight end. (laughs) Swoop is a better blocker, too, than Doyle, though. Doyle's not a great blocker. I just hope he keeps catching all those balls. Word. Uh, Jamino, what what are you chasing? Contract status of Derek Carr here? I, I don't... I don't think Derek Carr should be the highest paid player in the league. I don't think he's really, I don't think he's all that great. Derek think, Carr is the greatest player in the history of football. And I would <laughs> well, for you, I think he's a average, like, I think Andy Dalton is probably a better quarterback than Derek. Oh my God. What? That was a stupid thing to say. Yeah, well, really. I mean, I like Andy Dalton. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, Derek, that I mean, was a Derek Carr. stupid thing to say. I don't think that was like the worst thing to say, Britt. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up for Britt here. I'm not, I'm not saying that Andy Dalton is better, but I'm saying I think they're in the same territory. That's I think as fantasy assets, they're in the same territory. Um, you know, and and that's what really matters here, okay. right? I mean, <laughs> you know, like for Carr, you know, I'm, he's probably a better quarterback, but they're built to run and score. Yes. You, you know, score on the ground, and, and he'll get opportunities to score. I think their offense will be pretty pretty good but it's just not the kind of ceiling that i think some other guys in his certainly at his price range have so i've been avoiding him for the most part all right so I, like, talking... I think oh go ahead i was just gonna say i think they're the reason to wait on quarterbacks is because from like car down to like i don't know like 
quarterback 15 is like kind of a similar guy in terms mm-hmm. of the outlook for the best ball format. So that's why I like to wait on quarterbacks. I don't normally get their card in these drafts because, you know, there's not eight teams in a league. Oakland. Hey. Uh, there's also one too. the Redskins. You have Kirk. I think you had Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr, didn't you? I do. Didn't I see that? Uh, so you have the two worst passing schedules in the league. Congratulations. The AFC so call West me in has, November. The, the AFC West has like a brutal schedule, like legit. Like Philip Rivers plays, let me think. It's the Broncos. He plays them twice in the first seven weeks. He plays at the Giants. He plays Kansas City, a team that he hasn't scored more than 14 fantasy points against in three years. Like his, and then they play the Patriots in there. Like his, like legit. His first eight games are brutal. So for me, Philip Rivers is going to be a guy that you're probably going to be able to get for free in season-long leagues after, like, right around his bye week, week eight, because people are going to be dropping him. That is an excellent point, Mike. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a hot take, though. I mean, given, uh, you know, the knock on each of the receiving options in San Diego is that there's so many of them and and that they're good. I feel like Rivers is set up. I I I, I appreciate the strength of schedule, but like I feel like he's set up pretty well to have a very good year here. I wanted to uh, like him so much, I really did before I looked at everything. But like Melvin Gordon, like I, I think we can agree that Melvin Gordon's up having a phenomenal year because like with those receiving options, it's going to pull. He's going to see six and seven man punts all day. Oh yeah, I like him too quite a bit. All right, Mike, uh, you're up here, guys. Let's try to let's try to wrap this up. Try to go rapid fire to close us out here. All right, let's. Uh, you don't mind if we stick around for a while, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Ten, twelve. Um, what do you think, uh, Josh? Make your pick here, and then uh, I don't know if you want to talk about your team. You took Cameron Brait. Yeah, um, I did. Inter- interesting pick here. So a lot of people thought the rookie coming in, uh, not OJ Howard. The uh, I forgot the receiver's name off the top of my head. Yeah, it is. Oh, you meant the receiver. Sorry about that. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah, Brate's still going to be halfway involved in the offense. Oh, he's going to be more than halfway involved in it. I mean, we heard the glowing reports out of minicamp that he was he was the man in the slot and he was doing nothing but eating up the defense. And I I can't remember who threw out a number, but I think Brate was like tied in seven over the last half of the season last year. And I don't see why they just wad that up and pitch it in the trash in Tampa this year just because they got Deshaun Jackson and drafted O.J. Howard. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Why go away from what was working so well? So for me, it's um, it breeds a screaming value right now, and he has been – All the dogs are barking. Miss, uh, Miss, Miss Big Brothers, she's over here right now, so I'm going to have to – I guess she's got to wait a minute. <laughs> so the dogs she is are barking. up. There she is. <laughs> no. I think it's that Carson Wentz pick that she's wound up about. Well, what's up with my Carson Wentz pick? Let's see. I can't even figure out where my mute button is. So, sorry. You're just going to have to deal with a barking dog because we have so many. We have. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Evan. Way to go. <laughs> so, wait. Hold on. I want to hear what's wrong with Carson Wentz. We, I think they're going to air it out all year. You got an extra weapon in Alshon. What's wrong with him? The the only fear that I have about Wentz is what I saw last year, which is a guy that was afraid to throw the ball in the middle of the field and instead would just basically chuck grounders at the corner every single time because that's just that's where he threw the ball in college and that's where he's throwing it in the pros so far. So it'll be interesting to see if Doug Peterson can convince him that the middle of the field is okay and that you can throw in the secondary and it's not going to get picked off every time. 
if that's the case, and obviously they brought in the perfect receiver to help teach him that lesson, then he's probably a really good value here. I'm just not buying it until I see it in person, you know? All right, I can live with that. Hey, Britt, what's his strength of schedule? Because he's probably not going to attempt like 600 passes like Cousins now because of his strength of schedule, right? Bobby's strength of schedule is two minutes on a round 16 pick here. So my phone is not working. Go on auto pick. Hey, don't worry about it. We've got eight hours, buddy. I've <laughs> got only eight hours for this pick. Perfect. It's because you have an Android. And let's move on. It's that damn Android, Bobby. Oh, Bobby does love his Android, too. Oh, man, I just got a new Android today. There Ooh. we go. Ooh, you go. It's waterproof. I can take it in a bubble bath. I like that pick. That's a good pick, Bobby. Thank you. At least it was yeah. – I, I took my time. <laughs> that was going to be my pick. That's a great pick. That was my next speed-up one. I See, I don't know if you take a backup running back there. You tell him. <laughs> uh, Britt, are you still muted or are you available to talk to no me? i'm here no i had to re i have some i have some late night activities i had to i had to send a facebook message to get oh wait what are you what do you what do you what do you got going on tonight uh well big brother's over so now there's now i i don't know some there's gonna be some stuff going on <laughs> <laughs> oh this is too great oh I mean, yeah, I've just got to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, hey, Britt, I did want to say that, that the uh, Jonathan Stewart pick was primo. Love oh, it. yeah, I, we were talking about Jonathan Stewart earlier, so I wanted to hit on that, and then the dog started barking, but we were talking about this on Twitter a bunch today, and Jonathan Stewart, they're not going to – first off, McCaffrey, he's not going to play running back every down. He's going to be in the slot. And someone's still going to need to run the ball. And it's not going to be Cam Newton because they don't want – if he gets a concussion, their season's over. And they're built to win right now. So, like, who's going to be getting the touches? It's going to be Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the thing for me, and I, I mentioned this last week with McCaffrey and also Curtis Samuel, is I just don't trust Mike Shula to run a modern offense that actually incorporates, I don't know, new things. Instead, it, you know, it seems like they're just going to continue to probably run their 1950s offense. And I, I, what do they do with McCaffrey there? I just, just – it doesn't make a lot of sense to me until I see some preseason games and they're doing a few things modern versus what they've done in the past. Uh, I don't like uh, – am I going to pick this guy? These are the tough picks. Let's all – you know, who are some sleepers everyone's looking at? We're down here in the yeah, bottom somebody of the draft tell me there. Some sleepers. <laughs> not, not for Crane, but uh, – if it, like, who are some guys people are like, Jonathan Stewart's oh one God. guy I'm targeting. Hold on, wait, hold on. Jamino, you already took Perrine? Sure did. Oh, I thought I was going to get him for sure right there. Oh, sorry. I'm like going through my entire list of people who I like and they're all gone. Yeah, what? so like, so at this point in the draft, especially like an eight-man, some of the guys I see on the board that are really interesting, Duke Johnson, Darren Sproles, Terrence West, Thomas Rawls, even Jaquiz Rogers that someone had thrown out earlier. Those going, guys are all I'm really going down even more. What about like a Joe Williams, a Dante Foreman looks pretty interesting to me for like a, scoring a couple touchdowns. Yeah, um, Deontay Foreman I think is a fantastic pick. And, like, and we talked earlier about stacking running backs. And, you know, I know how, I know how Mike Beers feels about this. But my opinion is there, there are some situations where you can tandem running back together and I think Lamar Miller and Deontay Foreman is a perfect situation to do that because 
I could see those guys eventually halfway through the season getting 15 to 20 carries each in a game as they mm-hmm. try to play ball control and both have a lot of value. And it's pretty inexpensive. Yeah, it's not. About, it's not. How like, do you feel about Rex Burkhead? I don't have any problem with Rex Burkhead. I think he's going to have a few weeks where he's the guy. But I don't think I, I, I was saying, I was debating on him between him and uh, Terrence West. I think Gillisley is clearly he's like the guy. If the game's close, I think they're going to give it to him. But like the Patriots are just for one, you never know what the Patriots are going to do. And then you know you still got White in the running back there. I think Gillisley's the guy that they want to be Legarrette Blunt. But Gillisley can also catch the ball too, and I think he's way he's way way better than Blunt. Uh, has been for a couple of years too, but like Burkhead and White, these guys are going to have value. It's the Patriots. They kind of they're going to just do whatever they want the entire season. Okay, I guess my argument is that if if we don't know which one of these guys when they're going to show up, basically like we had last year with the running back situation, this is the kind of format where we would want to draft a guy like Rex Burkhead. My answer to that is it's the format where you want to draft him like with your last pick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think in general, a guy like Terrence West is a much better pick than Burkhead just because, you know, he's going to be their starter for four weeks at least. Right. Um, I like Dixon a lot too, because his value is so low with the suspension, but you know, there's a chance West just keeps that job, you know, and, and he's not just a, uh, you know, every once in a while, he, because he's involved in special teams uh, makes, you know, has a big game or something, or, you know, um, somebody gets injured, whatever, like, you know, he's going to add some value for at least a few weeks and possibly a lot more. And he's going to get those red zone touches. Um, But a guy like Burkhead, you know, with a, maybe with a deeper roster as um, you know, your very last pick, I'm fine with him, but otherwise I don't think he's worth the, worth the price. Go Burkhead. That's what I think. Go Rex. I took it with my last pick. I've made worse picks. I took Matt Ryan in like the seventh round last time. So Bobby, I noticed, Bobby, it looks like you're hurting. Like Bobby's team, whatever, but like Bobby looks like he's hurting on running back here, Bobby. He needs to switch to PPR. (laughs) Yeah, Bobby needs to play PPR. (laughs) I'm just, that's what I'm doing. I'm just like thinking reversely for like DFS purposes and it's not, it's not helping me out today at all. There's a lot of good running backs left on the board here. It's like taking Jarvis Landry on FanDuel is what I was trying to do, like with the Woodhead <laughs> thing. It doesn't really work, though, in uh, these season-long things. I mean, there's there's ways Woodhead is even in, like, a half PPR as a top 15, 20 back this year. I've heard people even say he ends up being a top 10 back this year. That's that's ludicrous, top 10. I don't think top there's any way. crazy. But top 20, I think I could totally see top 20. Jaquiz, I like Jaquiz too. That's for like the first couple of weeks. And who knows? This is like the Terrence West thing. They, you know, they say Doug Martin looks good, but we'll if, Jaquiz, if Jaquiz is playing really well, it's not like they, they're just going to take him completely off the field because Doug Martin's back. For sure. He'll get his touches no matter what. Hurts. It's pretty hard to take right there. All <laughs> right. Time for Mr. Irrelevant. Why is that, Jimino? I don't think a lot of people were on Perriman this year. They see Macklin's going to come, and rightfully so. Macklin's going to get a lot of the attention in that offense. But I think that, you know, Macklin will probably end up lining up in the slot, and that leaves Perriman on the outside. So, so for a format like best ball, if he gets used as a situational deep threat, he's probably good. And that's the reason I'm looking for him as an upside guy in this format. Uh, Siege was telling you to take Jonathan Williams, Bobby. Um, I don't hate that. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of – 
some interesting things there. But Beers, Mr. Irrelevant, you took the Wayne Allen as your final pick here. Uh, why don't Beers and Josh, uh, we'll go Beers first here. Give me your final thoughts on your roster here, Beers. Yeah, so um, I wish I had not taken Matt Ryan and maybe waited a little bit on quarterback. Um, he was in like third. the 13th round. <laughs> I know, which is like, it seemed like an obvious pick, but um, you know, I have, I have three quarterbacks here. I wasn't sure if I wanted to stop at two or go with three because Ryan and Prescott is a pretty good uh, tandem there. Um, the last pick Dwayne Allen, I'll explain that one. I, I think he's going to get some touchdowns on his own, um, you know, w- without an injury to Gronk or anything uh, just like Bennett did last year. And um you know, I want a piece of that offense. Uh, and then if Gronk does go down, you know, the upside's And you, you went, you waited so late on tight end. This is kind of the article where you wrote, where you, you know, when you're waiting on quarterbacks or tight ends super late, you take three of them. Exactly. I think my last six picks were quarterback and tight end. Uh, so I went only running back and wide receiver before that. And, you know, we were talking earlier, um, a couple of people said that, you know, they're comfortable with the Gronk and the, the Kelsey pick early with it being a smaller league. I, I'm actually more inclined to wait at those positions in a, uh, in a smaller league because, uh, it, you know, the depth is just going to be greater. I mean, you're not going to run through, um, you know, that many of the, the top tight ends or top quarterbacks before you can start picking them after loading up at the other positions. And that's kind of what I was going for here. Um, you know, I feel pretty good about my team. I feel like I'm getting a little um, shafted in the the uh, post draft projections, though, because they're projecting zero for Decker. <laughs> I, I don't know if they know what something I don't, but uh, I, I think I got a ton of touchdown upside in my wide receivers, and um, feel pretty good about it. Josh, you got a minute. Uh, final thoughts on your team here. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much a prototypical roster for me. It's um, I waited as late as I felt comfortable to at tight end and still got three guys that I really, really love this season. And uh, so far as quarterback, I, Russell Wilson, he's been kind of like the the apple of my eye so far this offseason because I, I think he is at a discount with the rest of the tier one quarterbacks with Breeze, Brady, et cetera. Um, and so I, I'm finding that he's available in sixth, seventh, eighth round sometimes, and I can't really pass him up there. And then I, obviously when I do that, I'm going to go with two quarterbacks and not three. So I try to pair him with someone that I feel is a top 18 at minimum quarterback and, and maybe even top 12 if things break right. So that's why I went with a guy like Eli Manning here, who's got the pieces around him to do that this year. Um, running back, I'm all, I'm all about zero running back. So I try to wait and find guys that I think are going to be bell cow running backs at, at steep discount. So for me, that's Spencer Ware, that's Doug Martin. Um, and then CJ Procise and James White, I just really like the, mm-hmm. what they do in the pass game. And, and they have a lot of ability to, to explode this season. And then running back, or sorry, wide receiver. Wide receiver, I feel like is murderer's row for me right now. And I, I don't know if anybody really has a set of wide receivers better than the one I've got and going to be rolling out on this roster. I do. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, we, no. can't, we can't go over everybody's team. I uh, feel like I've got a better set of wide receivers. Hold on. No, sorry, Crane. You've been you've been not fired. <laughs> so, but, uh, not fired. again. No. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, this is a real this is a really fun show. So I want to thank uh, first Jamino, Bobby, uh, Crane, and we've got Grant on here as well as myself uh, for the normal Roto Grinders guys. Uh, we've got our new best ball guys in uh, Mike Beerswater, and we've got Josh ADHD. And then uh, I want to thank uh, Mike Taglier from Fantasy Pros for coming on board today. Uh, it's been a great time. Uh, if you guys enjoy this, uh, hit me up on Twitter. The DMs are always open. Let me know what you think. We're going to be doing these a lot. 
And if there's anything else you want to see on these shows, uh, just let me know. So have fun tonight, guys. Uh, it's late. Uh, we're going to go sweat some baseball, and uh, we're out. Bree, you ain't sweating baseball. <laughs>